0: Tea. We are here today with the amazing Ashley Christoph, the video producer and extraordinaire from The Mighty. <laughs> Ooh, so happy Thank you. to have you, Ashley. <laughs> I'm Camera.
1: I'm Zach. Welcome to Mentality. Today we are drinking actually something kind of different. Today we are drinking a Milky Oolong from Birds Pick. <laughs> oh, <I love laughs> uh, Birds <laughs> Pick, is, Pick
0: tea. Is it Bird's Pick tea from like the one in Pasadena?
1: Well, this tea is oh, from good. Taiwan. Oh, well,
0: I mean, like if it if, if I can go and get it, <laughs> yes, that, that yeah, would be great. you could also
1: get it online. <laughs> uh, so we're trying something different, but this was recommended by our friends over at t Spectral. So you can pick this up at Birdspick.com. We don't have an offer code for this one, so <laughs> but, if but if you enjoy t to to
0: Spectral and get anything <laughs> from their section. Yes then offer code mental is great to do. But today we're gonna be talking about a really important topic is like cancer and post-cancer depression. We wanna kinda get into that and really know the journey of that through the eyes of Ashley. Yeah. Very excited about that.
1: This tea is really good by the way. I just oh, had yeah. it for the How first time.
0: <laughs> start off like kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean I know you Ashley yeah. but a little bit of where you're from and what what you do kind of at the 90 a little bit too.
2: Yeah so um, I grew up in the suburbs of Philly and have traveled around quite a bit through school and just being an adult and wanting to see the world. But I ended up at The Mighty as a video producer, and I do basically end-to-end video production there from concept to publishing, which is both crazy and very fun to do everything. Yeah, I, I was attracted to The Mighty because of my own experience with having thyroid cancer, as well as my brother has a rare chromosomal disorder. So it was a very natural fit since The Mighty covers all things health. Coming to terms with having cancer is, very life-changing, I guess, to say, at a minimum. So, yeah, it just seemed like a good place to like find a family and do what I love to do, but also like find that support
0: that I needed during that time in my life. The Mighty's a great resource. (laughs) I I think they're a wonderful company, and everything that they do is a lot of what we support, so. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely.
1: How long have you worked there?
2: So I interned in fall of 2015, and I've been working there ever since. So a little over three years, yeah.
1: That's a long time to work somewhere, especially, like, in this day and age. I feel like everyone has a new job every six months. At least I do. I don't know if that's a common thing.
0: (laughs) Depends on what kind of line of work you're in.
1: That's true. um, Yeah.
0: Ashley's just too good at video production for her to ever leave the mighty.
1: What made you uh, want to pursue video production?
2: So that started probably in high school. Um, I was originally going wanted to go to school for acting mm-hmm. and um, had experience with that and modeling and I love being in front of the camera and still do but I took ended up taking a telecommunications class in high school um, mostly because whoever finished the first class was was eligible to be on the TV news mm-hmm. and it was just another opportunity for me to be in front of the camera at that point but then like through that actual course and then the following course the next year I found my love for behind the camera stuff as well so when I was applying to college I was like 50 50 which one I wanted to go for and ended up jumping on the film bandwagon <laughs> that's
1: really fun I guess my story is a little similar I I went to school for astrophysics and then I decided I don't want to do that so then I went to acting and astrophysics with-
0: to acting
1: yeah, that's just not a normal AI thing. Is it's that fine, not but... a... Okay, I guess that's not a normal thing. Anyway, so I, I did acting in college, and I decided in the course of doing that and doing directing and such like that for theater, I just fell in love with stuff behind the camera. I really love that process. Yeah. Like, even just these things right here, you know, sitting in front of microphones. And it's, um, yeah. it, it's a lot of fun. The, the behind-the-camera stuff, I think, is is great, It's at least for me, it feels like you have a little bit more control of the message that you yes. wanna get out there. That's
0: yeah. why I've wanted to be a filmmaker since I was 12. <laughs> yeah, exactly,
1: yeah. I loved the idea as an actor of being like the conduit of that message mm-hmm. and being able to put your own kind of spin on it, but I liked the idea of being able to control the the, the initial message out there. Yeah, I think you know. it's
2: also really cool to have an acting background and go into filmmaking yeah. because then it makes you a better director too because mm-hmm. you know what you needed to hear when you were in front of the camera, so you know what to tell Your, you know, your. So you're not that director who
1: just says like, act better. Just, just Just be more sad. Just get
2: it right this time.
1: Yeah. Can you just (laughs) do it this way, but different? Yes. Perfect. I love it. And rap.
0: (laughs) Uh, Getting into the meat, you you had thyroid cancer, correct? When did you find out about that? What what was the start of that? So
2: I'll just explain the whole process of, I guess, getting diagnosed because that was kind of a weird set of circumstances so in fall of 2014 I went to London for a semester so in that time between when I left in like August or September and came back at the end of December my mom hadn't seen me for that long and when when I was back home she noticed that there was something different on my neck. I didn't have any symptoms. I didn't have any difficulty swallowing or breathing like some doctors say that you might when you have a tumor going on your thyroid. So yeah, I just, that following spring, I was back up in school in Ithaca, which is about four hours from my hometown, and it was just constant doctor's visits, driving back and forth until I got the diagnosis, which was actually a misdiagnosis until I got half of my thyroid taken out, and then only then, once it went to pathology, they found out it was cancerous, and then I had to go in for a second surgery to get the other half out. I
1: yeah. feel like this is kind of a, an important question to answer because you said that you came back and your mom noticed it. Was mm-hmm. it not something you had noticed yourself? Nope,
2: not at all. I think mm-hmm. it definitely didn't show any signs before leaving for London so by August twenty fourteen I hadn't noticed anything. But definitely by December there was signs that she noticed. But no, I didn't have any symptoms, signs, pressure. It grew so gradually that it didn't look any different to me.
1: Yeah, you just yeah. saw yourself in a mirror every day, so it was like, yeah. Oh yeah, that's yeah, just a thing. Like yeah. That. Wow! Yeah, that's how <laughs> big
0: was like the tumor. When it was actually
2: needs? uh pretty big. uh How did the doctor describe it? I think he said it was like the size of a child's fist or like a plum. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> if
1: if you had not said plum, I might have been like not sure yeah, what size it that was, <laughs> that that was that is. their
2: description. <laughs> I was also like under the effects of morphine from like getting out of the surgery so like i might have also misheard him it's 100% possible what kind of baby (laughs) child
1: are we talking about here i I know some big babies that have some massive fists (laughs) so
0: basically was was cancer you cancer free after you had the two surgeries yeah so
2: they are actually really hesitant to fully say cancer free Mm -hmm. i use it because it's easier for people who don't understand how cancer works and how the whole diagnostic and treatment process works you're not technically ever cancer free until you're about five years out so my whole treatment process included the two surgeries which should have just been one if they had able had been able to know beforehand that it was cancerous followed by uh, it's called radioactive iodine your thyroid is the only organ in your body that takes up iodine so they're mm-hmm. able to give you you know a radiate radiized radiation whatever uh whatever it's called version of of that iodine which will only kill and destroy cancer cells uh, thyroid cancer cells so
1: which is a, a big issue for a lot of other cancers yes. right? Is that yeah. it'll kill all of the cells yeah so that's yeah. that's
2: kind of the the beneficial, I guess, side of having thyroid cancer is there is something that is only specific to those cells. But yeah, so they gave me that treatment followed by a full body scan, which is, it basically measures the radioactivity in your body. So what it does is it'll light up wherever there's radioactive material. In this case, because we were destroying the cells in my neck, that should have been the only place that they saw any uptake. For me, luckily, that was the case. That was the only spot. So I didn't have cancer anywhere else in my body. And I've been having that same kind of follow-up treatment and scan every year since then. And so far,
3: is it, everything's good. It's a good. yearly thing. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's a yearly thing until five years and then every other year until 10 years. And then it's kind of monitor your blood work and mm. scan when necessary. at that
1: point, they're pretty confident yeah. that it's like we're, we're out of the woodwork. Yeah. And... The
2: highest chance of reoccurrence is within the first five years. Oh, okay.
1: Got it. Pardon me if I had missed this because you said they had to do two surgeries because yeah. they didn't know the first time. The first surgery was just to get rid of the what they assumed was just a tumor. Yes, oh, okay. so they,
2: th- you know, they they took a biopsy during the whole diagnostic process, and the biopsy indicated that it was something else. That it was this thing called a Hurthle cell lesion, which is just something that. Is basically a foreign cell that's just a tumor. So they wouldn't have been able to just do the radioactive iodine like they sometimes do when tumors grow. On the thyroid because it doesn't respond to it since it's not a thyroid cell. Yeah. So they did. They only took the right half out because so it was the only half that was affected by this tumor. And then upon you know after the surgery they they sent it to the lab. The lab then found out it was cancerous. And then as a precautionary measure they go in and take the other half out because one they don't know if it's on the other half and they need to find out. And two if it's still there and it does have any cancer cells there's no reason why it wouldn't grow and also become a problem.
0: Were there any side effects after having the surgery or missing the thyroid? Uh, Yes, there (laughs) are. um,
2: So I'm on hormone replacement. I basically take a pill every day that replaces what your thyroid does. And your thyroid Mm -hmm. does... Everything in your yeah. body—it <laughs> does so much yeah. that's pretty well, important. <laughs> um,
1: for the listeners, let's uh, yeah. uh, give like a brief rundown, a summary of what the thyroid is. I, I, will, doing. I
2: will remember as much as I can to yeah. tell yeah. You, you listeners, know. but um, I'm
1: expecting medical precision. <laughs> 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 I'm kidding. Yeah,
2: so it affects your metabolism. It affects all of your other hormones in your body. So the biggest ones that it does obviously hit are like your reproductive hormones. So like obviously it hits like my estrogen that kind of thing. If, if I were a guy who'd hit testosterone a lot because it's basically an indication of how much hormones your body should release of other stuff it affects my ability to be warm or cold and regulate my own body temperature my ability to have energy during the day Uh, what else that's kind of those are kind of my biggest symptoms honestly so that's those are the things that i remember the most but yeah so it affects a lot of your body's just over so function d-
1: would it help if you had six cups of coffee like i and i'm kidding cuz i am kidding because i not no cuz regulate
0: regulate being hot and cold mm-hmm. what what is that like go in a little bit more detail. About. Yeah.
2: So just say when it's okay. Let's say sixty is a median temperature. You go outside, your body's just comfortable as it is. You don't have to yeah. worry about wearing a jacket. You don't have to worry about wearing really short sleeves. You can just kind of be comfortable. And now let's say it got up to eighty. Now it's hot. So your body most of the time can even if you're wearing like longer sleeves adjust to that. It can be like I know it's hot, but my body's fine. It'll just kind of fluctuate so, so that like a
1: reasonable degree, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. So that
2: it's like okay, I'm still comfortable. I'm a little warm in this, but it's fine. Same way, the other way. If it's a little cold, you can be like, okay, yeah, I still don't, I would like a jacket, but I don't need one. I basically need to change because my body will just overheat or just get really cold because it just doesn't do that natural fluctuation.
1: You mentioned that you take hormone replacements and mm-hmm. such. Is that something that helps with that too? Or is that just, is that kind of just not a thing that's.
2: Yeah. So. This is the way I like to explain it. So I do blood work which determines the amount of hormone that I take in my body. And that blood work, depending on your doctor, is supposed to be roughly every 12 weeks. So there's about 12 week periods at least that I'm on the same dose. Your body has different needs every day. So regardless of the fact that overall it roughly needs this amount of hormone, on any given day it could need more or less. Most of the time, on
1: so many different factors, yeah, Yeah.
2: and it's completely out of anybody's control how much your body needs. So it's basically the best guess and the best median for what your body needs on a given day, but it's not. Perfect.
1: And they keep You said it's it's about that for about twelve for twelve weeks. Yeah. It's...
2: So you get you're supposed to get blood work every twelve weeks. They'll check your levels because there are a couple levels that indicate that you're getting the correct amount of hormone in your system. Mm-hmm. And then obviously if those levels are too high or too low, you can adjust your dose. But it's kind of a big guessing game. Yeah. Especially Oops.
1: for I mean I, I understand so many different reasons why they wouldn't do it quicker, but yeah. three months to be on the exact same dosage seems yeah. like a lot you know that that seems like a lot to ask of your body to stay at the exact same level for it, three months. it is
2: but at the same time the way our bodies work and it's the same with if you're taking other types of medication it normally takes about six weeks for it to fully accept this mm-hmm. new dosage yeah. so you have to like anticipate those first six weeks and be like okay my body's still adjusting to it and then the second six weeks are basically that testing period of like okay now that we're used to it, mm-hmm. does this work, work? And then you start over if it doesn't, or you maintain that if it does. Okay. What were the
0: first like things you noticed after getting your thyroid out, <laughs> like that was different?
2: Uh, well, before I got my medication, because actually there was a gap period between when I got.
1: I was actually going to ask that. I was yeah. <laughs> if it was like immediately they're like, here's thyroid medicine, you know, here's medicine. No,
2: they gave me a gap period. And I think I don't remember exactly when I started the medication, but it was at least a couple weeks after the, the second surgery. And what I mostly remember from that period is sleeping like 20 hours a day. And then I definitely was dealing with some other symptoms. And at, at first, I couldn't really tell which symptoms were related to having surgery. I and mean, my body trying to bounce back from that. And then what were actually like my body trying to readjust to this new normal it has to live in. That's the thing I remember the most and is sleeping a lot. And then when I was awake, my memory was kind of shot, And my memory for basically the rest of 2015, I got my surgery in May of 2015. My memory for the rest of that year is basically shot i remember bits and pieces oh, of it but i can't really pull any specific details too much of that that year and that was until it took them about a year to get my hormone level roughly right so i think so that they were like adjusting it for
1: like a year to yeah. figure it out how often was that adjustment was it every three months like you were saying or did they adjust it like quicker than that?
2: Yeah, it it was a little strange for me because that fall fall of 2015 i actually came out to la from, you know, the East Coast, and I wasn't able to go to the doctor during those, that semester period, so it was a little bit off. It was only about a month off, I think, I saw the doctor right before I left. Yeah, I was trying to just balance it, and mostly, too, I wasn't super responsible at that point because up until then in my life I didn't really need to go to the doctor I was very healthy it didn't ever seem like a necessity so I was still learning how to take care of myself too so I didn't think I needed it and I thought this stuff was just normal and what I now
0: had to deal with so with the medication does that have any side effects or anything that you've noticed that doesn't isn't necessarily helpful not too much
2: that I have noticed, but I have been told with this medication, which is just more of a long-term side effect, that it can affect your, like, bone strength when you get older. Oh Yeah, but besides that, I haven't noticed any side effects except when. So basically what I bounce between is being fine or being having hypothyroidism or hyperthyroidism which is too much or too little and again that has to do with the amount of hormone my body needs on a given day Mm -hmm. so I wouldn't say it's directly a a side effect of the medication it's just a side effect of my body and the medication trying to work together the best they can
1: has there ever been a point in time where you like elapsed on taking that medication or has it have you been <laughs> like every day? Yeah. no it's been, it's been such yeah. a
2: fear it's been so instilled in me how important it is and mm-hmm. it, it isn't honestly a big deal if I did miss a day with this medication it isn't like some others where it could be really detrimental it's mostly that I'm going to feel the side effects in a couple days mm-hmm. which is mostly going to be I'm going to be extra tired that day I just need to take care of myself a little better because yeah,
1: I know I <laughs> I take a really intense high blood pressure medication and even if I'm off by like six hours or so I I have really really bad headaches so and there's been days where I I you know I, I went on a trip and I forgot to take my medication because I'm super responsible <laughs> and and they've they've told me how important it is like keep that and of course I still forget it you know after six hours all of a sudden I'll be like whoa I definitely forgot my medication, didn't I? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I've always had those those emergency trips to Walgreens or CVS and being like, hey, I, uh, I need a couple. Like, I forgot them at my house. My house is a ten-hour flight home. <laughs> I need. Can I that live clean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was curious if that was something that you're much more responsible than I am. <laughs> yeah, it's,
2: it's definitely. I, I'd say more of an inconvenience if I were to miss a day. Then it wouldn't be more like too detrimental because I can survive. I have done studies because there are some people who, for some silly reason, stop their medication like cold turkey, even though it's something your body absolutely needs, and you can you can actually die if you don't have it for a period of time. But people have been known to live over a year with not taking their medication. So missing a day isn't a huge deal, fortunately. But I still kind of pressure myself to remember it.
1: That's fascinating that someone would want to stop that medication i I mean i guess i guess people who are
0: like really holistic or think that they can solve it a different way yeah and
2: people who aren't at the right balance too because you are still Mm -hmm. feeling if you're not at the right balance most of the time you're still feeling those side effects of being having too much or having too little Mm -hmm. and people can blame the medication for that instead of you know, working with their doctor and their body to find that right dose. So,
1: especially it, since hormones yeah. regulate so many different things, mm-hmm. both to your physical health and to your mental yeah. health. So it's uh, you know, I, I could see someone you know if if you're either hypo or hyper, you know, being in that mindset of I'm just gonna stop it.
0: <laughs> especially if the ones they feel comfortable, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I can stop. It's gonna be yeah. with any medication. Oh, I was gonna ask. Because you had a trajectory where after the surgeries happened and you started getting on medication, or even before you got on medication, you went out to LA and everything just kind of came up in the air after that happened what what was your mental health like how did that affect like your state of mind and things you were going through yeah
2: I honestly didn't think about my mental health at all Mm -hmm. during the first year and that was obviously looking back a very big mistake on my end is not also taking care of that during that time my whole thought process after I got cancer was one I never thought I was going to get it because as we all kind of think we're invincible until we're not it's kind of Um, like
1: that (laughs) boogeyman of of illnesses where it's like that's something that doesn't happen to me I don't know it because it's such kind of yeah it's, it's like
0: I'm healthy I, I take care yeah, of it's, myself it's
1: like a it's almost like mythical status of, mm-hmm. of stuff you know I've talked to plenty of people that's just yeah that's not going to happen to me and you know you it can. can it's you know it, it anything can
2: yeah. yeah yeah and I you know I never thought so too because I don't have any history my family doesn't really have any history of cancer I think we have a little bit of breast cancer on one of my sides but at the same time that wasn't caught or wasn't diagnosed or didn't occur until later in their lives. So even so, at, I was, what, 20 at the time, thought I was way off from any worry about that. So, yeah, I was invincible until I wasn't. And then I, my whole kind of thought process, and it's something I do still try to bring into my everyday now is that I don't know how much longer I'm going to be around. So let me just jump on the opportunities now and figure out how they're going to work later, kind of deal. But yeah. in a responsible way <laughs> as much as I can. But yeah, it, it made me make a lot more decisions that I might not have because I didn't think them out. I, all I, the way. I feel like that
1: almost, I feel like a lot of people think that's almost cliche at this point of just like living life to the fullest every day. But it's it's so true. I, you know, I th- it's become a thing because it's it's a thing. You know, you don't know how much longer you have, not just from illness or anything like that. You know, you could get into a car accident. You know, you could like me as I was telling camera on our way here, uh, crash in a plane, you know, it felt like I was going to camera. <laughs> I hate flying for everybody who doesn't know that. Anyway, you know, I, I think that's um, a beautiful thing to take into your everyday life is just go for it, you know, responsibly, but go for it. Do you feel like working at The Mighty
0: kind of made you open up and kind of look at your mental health and how that was possibly being affected by all the the things after cancer? (laughs)
2: Absolutely. Yeah, because I didn't really think anything was wrong with my mental health following that. And, you know, looking back, too, I definitely had anxiety pre this, but I also didn't realize and thought I was just stressed out all the time. But, yeah, it made me look at it more because... I would read these articles about people who were dealing with depression or anxiety or some something in the in the spectrum of that and be like oh well that's weird I also feel that but maybe so yeah I started to explore that a little more through the mighty directly Mm -hmm. and then I started exploring it more on my own and more personally and what that meant and that's kind of when I was like okay I definitely need to talk to somebody and figure out one if this is what's going on with me and then two how I can Start to not fix it, but work on it.
0: Yeah, and you've become kind of an advocate. You've been in a few of the videos too. Yeah, I
2: I like to talk about it now because I I think that, you know, something that I, I wrote about on an article that I wrote for the mighty was that I wish somebody had told me to take care of my mental health when I was taking care of my physical health because Mm -hmm. all of the aftermath of like the trauma of going through treatment and getting that diagnosis like it's it's very impactful on your body and your mind and ignoring the fact that it's also impactful on your mind doesn't help you and will make it worse later on which is definitely what I felt like happened to me is I just put that off ignored it until it became like too much of a problem to mm-hmm. handle on my own anymore. Yeah, holding mm-hmm.
1: all of that inside mm-hmm. and and just yeah, absolutely ignoring it. Yeah, your mental health is very important yeah. too. <laughs> Especially when going
0: through physical health, you gotta gotta balance both. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've, this isn't nearly on that level, but I I, I had a friend who was uh, stuck in their house for about three months for something that they were dealing with physically. And, you know, you, you could see that almost mental deterioration of being inside the house for three months and not talking to anybody and not going outside of the house. And when we eventually sat down and talked, I was like, man, you you needed to talk to me a lot sooner than this. This is he was kind of just on this downward spiral of of ignoring these things that he was just doing in that mental kind of deterioration. And
3: yeah.
2: I think, too, something that I definitely struggled with was a lot of people who have been diagnosed and are going through treatment of thyroid cancer tend to be women in their 40s. So a lot of the symptoms and things Mm -hmm. I was experiencing, I couldn't even connect with the thyroid cancer community over it because a lot of people deal with the more hypo symptoms, which means you have less hormone than your body needs, which includes like weight gain and extra fatigue. And sometimes I would deal with extreme like extra weight loss and i'm already like i already have a small frame so that was like it hurt me like mentally too to see that because i like know how much trouble i have maintaining a healthy weight and keeping my own body healthy as it is so if i talked about that with those groups they'd be like well at least you're not gaining weight And if I talked about sometimes I got this kind of like hyperactive surge of energy, which is kind of the opposite end of the fatigue, they'd be like, well, at least you're not tired all the time. So I couldn't relate to my own community per se. And then I didn't have anybody in my life who had experienced it themselves. So I wanted to isolate because I couldn't get anybody Uh around me to fully understand how the whole process affected me.
1: Yeah. And and that age gap too is is a big one too, Mm because they're they're at a completely different point in their lives as well. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I What was the step that got you to, was it the mighty or?
2: In terms of like seeking help?
1: Yeah, in terms of finding that community.
2: So I never, I I still really haven't found that community, but I think just connecting more on the I guess symptom level of mental health has been helpful in itself or even I'll talk to people who have chronic illnesses who have to take daily medication so we can connect over those things so it's not the full extent of the journey that we can share together but there are bits and pieces I can get from different types of people so it's like like the
1: the weight loss you can you know talk to chronic illness community
0: you probably can relate more generally than specific because since you've got such a specific type of like thyroid cancer that you went through that most people don't, it's kind of harder even for that community to, I guess, which is really sad to accept that side that they never had. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. Trying to think of, because when you said that, it, it, it made me think of a different group where it's, oh, that's something in the LGBT community. Oh, yeah, we were, we
0: were talking about yeah. that with um when we had Adrian on with asexuality, mm-hmm. about how the LGBT community can sometimes, especially online, not be as understanding of like the bisexuals and asexuals because it's kind of a little bit different than if mm-hmm. like oh you have a girlfriend well but why don't you just identify as gay it's like it's a little bit different so it's as
1: if it's you know you're, you're in that community but you know you can yeah. still feel like you're not a part of that community so yeah, it's like definitely. where where exactly do you belong in that I mean, I'm happy that you got to hear, got to talk to, you know, even if it wasn't that exact thing, I'm really happy to hear that you were able to find that community, you know, yeah. find that.
2: And it's definitely like finding humor through people who've also been yeah. through it. Like talking yeah. about like, I share stories about brain fog episodes with people. How like I could be, I could have somebody in the office I'm talking to, explaining a whole thing to, explaining what either we're going to film or what they're going to talk about on Facebook Live. And mid-sentence, I just stop. I go. I'm sorry. My brain just erased. Give me a second and let me remember everything I was just talking to you about. Give me a moment. Do your
1: thing. It's fine. I'll uh, I'll be here. It's thinking. like
2: it's it's rebooting. Yeah. It's- <laughs> Give
1: me a moment. It's a Windows ninety five. I'm still running up here. <laughs> Got to reboot Gosh. that. Yeah. yeah.
2: But too like it's it's more. It's been really healing in the sense of trying to just not not as much talk to other people, but try to interest be introspective about what i'm feeling because i want things to just be easy with mental health is the best way to put it i want it to not be complicated in terms of diagnosis or treatment or whatever Mm -hmm. i just want it to like be easy and i know that that's not the case so it's trying to learn through myself and what i'm actually dealing with and not just putting a label on it for the sake of treating this label so that's something actually i'm working i'm trying to figure out now is I want to see a new therapist and I want to see someone who specializes in PTSD because I'm fairly convinced at this point that what I'm experiencing is less of depression and more of PTSD yeah. induced symptoms but I don't have any formal diagnosis for that yet so I want to talk to somebody who specializes in that and, and see if
0: you can get a diagnosis in that yeah and
2: see if that's even accurate too but I think it would help because a lot of the therapy tools I was learning for depression weren't they weren't making a dent on how I was feeling or, or any of my yeah, symptoms so it's not so. even really
0: specifically depression like I mean, you have probably some forms of that as well but yeah. There's, there's so much else that you can explore, and that's what's great with therapy. <laughs> when you find the right therapist and the right kind of type, you get to actually work through what you really need to work through, especially when it's, if it's PTSD-specific yeah. is good.
2: Yeah, because the first thing I actually brought up to the first therapist that I saw was the fact that I have to take my medication first thing in the morning, and then I have to wait 30 minutes to an hour before I can eat or drink anything that's not water. And so the first thing on my mind every Ever day is, I is, is, <laughs> The first thing on my mind every day is taking this pill And I have always kind of been of the mindset that I don't want to take medication unless I have to And in this case, I do obviously have to So that's something that weighs on me every day And there's some days that I can wake up, take it, move on And there are other days where I wake up, take it, and then I'm stuck I'm yeah. stuck there that, and, was,
1: that was a huge thing for me, as you just said, is taking medication When I was in high school I was diagnosed the right word I don't know. I had high cholesterol and high blood pressure when I was 15 and at that point I was like at the national level of swimming like against Michael Phelps and stuff like that. So when I got into the doctors they're like there's this is weird. Why why do you have this thing? You know, you're a well uh, you know a fit young man. You shouldn't have these issues. And so uh, they're were like we're going to put you on medication. I was like no, no, I'm I'm good. Like I'm 15. I don't want to be on medication. I want to just, like, people say exercise is good. Can I just, uh, that's what I'm doing. I'm doing that six hours a day. Can I do that? And they're like, yeah, you can, but you're eventually going to have to get on medication Mm because you're not going to always be at this level of competitive. And so that's what I did. And then after I stopped swimming about four years later, I realized, oh, my high blood pressure my high cholesterol are way out of okay, can I go back to swimming? Can I change my diet? And they're like, these are all great things, yes, but you need to go on medication. You're, you're It's off the charts. You need to be on this. Mm-hmm. And I hate it like I hate taking the medication for mine it's not so much whether I have to take it at the beginning of the day or the after I just have to take it at a consistent time or else I get a headache but it's I still have to deal with the fact that I can't fix it myself like I you know that's such a big thing for me is just what can I do whether with my brain or my body to just fix it without having to take medication not having to be reliant on that I don't like being reliant on other people or on other things in general. Same here. Except for coffee, I guess. That uh-huh. one is fine. You found that reliance. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that was a big thing for me, too, is just having to deal with the fact that, all right, I guess this is just something I have to do, is these three pill bottles are constantly going to be in my bag or next to my bedside. and. Uh, like, today I have to go pick it up, you know, pick up another prescription. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is uh, this is the new normal, I guess. I have to depend on something.
0: Well, there's been, like, a few moments in my life where I had, like, vitamin B12 deficiency where I had to get shots once a month for a while for that. Ugh. But I'm, like, the most – I've always tried to come the holistic way first. Like, oh, I, I've never wanted to take depression medication or anxiety medication until I knew – it's time I have, this is the only thing I haven't tried. And so I've been like really reluctant to even go into the field of finding that for myself because it might help me. But I was like, wait, there must be another path I haven't tried yet, right? That's actually, so
2: the therapist that I ended up working with, I liked her because I told her, I know I'll have a lot of like feelings about taking medication. I just want this like relationship to be not you recommending it. I want it to be we both know it might be an option but let's explore everything else Mm -hmm. first because we don't want to then give me a medication for these symptoms and then the fact that I'm just taking this additional medication just adds to the pot and then what was the point of taking it so fortunately I haven't had to take any medication yet but I'm also of the mindset that if that ends up being the best solution Mm -hmm. let's let's go for it but
0: Oh, that's great. You're 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 giving yourself boundaries but also open to whatever is going to be best for you, which I think is really the best solution to have.
2: Yeah. But so yes, I'm not against it. I'm not like anti medication like oh, I yeah. know some people are, but it's it's more that I know how my mental state responds yeah. to having to take it
0: not even no, like- I've, I've <laughs> met some people who medication did not work for them and it was not useful maybe they just weren't on the right kite and then there's some like people we just interviewed recently too who really need it and if you don't have it then that's it's not even going to help you be yourself so I'm
1: definitely not meta, anti-medication I'm anti not wanting to have to rely on something (laughs) else for me not having a headache or something
0: (laughs) i'm try something first and then go to medication if that's the best (laughs) thing that
1: works (laughs) absolutely you mentioned that depression didn't really seem to fit the mold quite so much and you (laughs) said it's it's probably ptsd i kind of wanted to go into that a, a little bit of what your thought process of, of how you realize like maybe this isn't it.
2: Yeah, so part of it has to do with the fact that most of my job is not only learning about mental health, Like disorders, but learning about the whole health spectrum. So, there are some times where I get fascinated by them, and I'll do a little bit of research into more of what they are, how they're diagnosed, what it actually means your body's doing physically or mentally, depending on the type of disorder it is. So, I started learning a little bit more about PTSD in that way, especially because we have a lot of pieces now on our site that specify, you know, it's not just for veterans, there are Mm -hmm. other ways that you can develop PTSD. So, I started reading a lot more about those. And then I was looking at some of my symptoms and the way that they were affected by outside influence I guess would be the best way to put it so one would be taking my medication that's definitely like a trigger point for my mental health it definitely fixates on that every day or you know if I'm having a good day it doesn't going to the doctors especially going to the doctors that are associated with maintaining my treatment for cancer so the endocrinologist whenever I go for a scan or blood work that's when my anxiety peaks and I've always kind of been anxious at doctors but there's definitely a noticeable difference when I'm at those doctors so it's it was like those little symptoms it's every time that I feel off it's like is this cancer is it a reoccurrence or there's also these thoughts that I have when I'm in the worst places of saying, well, I didn't know I had cancer before. I didn't feel it. I didn't have symptoms. Mm -hmm. What's to say I don't have it again right now? And I don't know. So I get these, yeah, those, I guess, trigger points.
0: And that's so scary because when you found out you had cancer, you had no, almost no inclination or any idea that you had. So it's very, makes a lot of sense for you to go back and especially going to the doctors and not knowing it really is just a do I, don't I, like I'll find out today. That's it's got to trigger a yeah,
1: lot. That was something that I, I thought was very fascinating almost is, you know, they always say, like, know your body, which is, of course, very important. But at the same time, go to the doctor and, and yeah. get things checked, you know, and, and make sure because you, you said, you know, you, you had no idea. And yeah. and, I, and I am curious, you know, it's just if she hadn't seen you in six months, it, the same thing would have happened with her. She would have just not seen any difference because she saw you every day.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. And who knows? Like at that point i I always think about it and luckily this isn't something that actually triggers my anxiety or (laughs) like mental health but it more just triggers my curiosity is like well how long would i have gone before i Mm -hmm. noticed something like would it have gotten to the point where it affected like my vocal cords or my windpipe or would i have trouble swallowing and it's just it's i don't want to say fun to to speculate about that (sighs) but it's just a very curious thing i'm very curious about all things
0: going on with my body at this well, you point. You've had it so. before. You your mom was not was an eye of a wizard and you were you were meant to
1: Did you to, say eye of a wizard?
0: I, I say random <laughs> phrases that make no I've sense. I've never heard that. No, because whatever comes out of my mouth doesn't really make much sense Well half I'm the adopting time. it
1: now. She had the eye of a wizard.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just a keen eye. I'll use it when so, I explain it. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a new term. Yeah. Just look it up in Cameron's made up dictionary of phrases. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: love it. I love it. It's just nerdy enough for me. I love it. Um, so yeah, that that definitely for it's a little bit more the the trigger points as opposed to just a kind of constant. I get. I was going to say depression, but that's the word of it is yeah. like instead of a constant kind of like dread and such.
2: Yeah, but since there you know a lot of mental health conditions have similar symptoms, similar yeah. feelings that it made sense that it was depression until it didn't fit the mold and well at least till I realized that it didn't fit the mold but I've been kind of lapsed seeing a therapist because of moving from Washington down to here so I haven't been able to kind of explore this with a professional and it's something I do want
0: to do yeah no and exploring with a professional is (laughs) the best next step and especially with everything you've gone through I think will be really great especially working at the mighty getting the whole like too. compass, like, Yeah, I I agree, <laughs> therapy. Good or maybe not, depending on what what kind that you find. So I wanted to know when you got there when I got bear yeah
2: so that was a funny story so right, I was who's bear?
3: <laughs>
1: yeah oh, bear. we should probably explain bears <laughs>
2: bear is my wolf dog malamute mix he is my little baby bear as I like to call him because he's a cuddly giant so funny story why with isn't, that. He <laughs> <laughs> isn't he
1: here
0: isn't he here for like usually there from uh, emotional support oh, yes so yeah he <laughs> also great. is
2: my ESA emotional support animal which is very fun when we're traveling just because he's so huge so it's like but anyways getting Bear, so that last semester that I was in LA, my boyfriend and I have been seeing each other since 2014, mm-hmm. and he was living in Washington at the time. and He texted me one day in November saying, Hey, I did a thing, I'm like, okay, oh, thing. what does that mean? <laughs> he said, I bought a puppy. I'm like, Oh, he's like, It's gonna get here in a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> it was like four weeks old at the time, so oh, it was anyway. gonna get there in about a month. And I'm like, Oh, okay surprise i guess you so
0: didn't even get to meet the puppy beforehand no, I he's didn't, like there's I a no, puppy I had and had no i say to the
2: breed or anything he's just like i did a thing <laughs> so he gets it a couple days before christmas and then i move in with him about a month later so about 12 weeks old and i could tell that my boyfriend was struggling with handling a puppy he's had cats his whole life he's never had a dog and then to boot he has a wolf dog mix which is notoriously more stubborn and independent yeah so the first day that i was with bear he warmed up to me immediately and connor could never get him on a leash and i worked with him that first day and got him on a leash and then it was perfect with a leash and i feel like we've bonded since then so
1: <laughs> so it was a perfect match for yeah. you two yeah. <laughs> it took him a little bit longer
0: <laughs> uh, he's the one who wanted the puppy and then it bonded to yeah, you i
2: ended up getting th- a cat a couple months later that ended up being his cat so oh, it worked so out so yeah. it, it yeah. traded off
1: I, I just love how he said i did a thing <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: if, if
1: someone texts me i did a thing it's uh, the the uh, buying a puppy would probably be the last but one would be the first thing i would i would hope that's the thing that they did that would be amazing yeah
0: when did he did you ever get any trainer certificate to make an Emotional an ESA so there
2: isn't any training or act- like official certification process for it mm-hmm. what you do is you talk to a mental health professional or a doctor depending and they can write you a letter the letter serves as a prescription basically so it it states that i'm under the treatment of a doctor it states that i have a recognized disorder in the dsm-5 and that they recommend this animal as form of treatment so that's Mm -hmm. the official and the only way that you can have an esa there are Fake sites online where you can pay two hundred dollars to get like a doctor's letter sent to you. Gosh. Not legitimate at all. <laughs> do not do that. It's what makes it really hard for legitimate ESAs yeah. and service dogs to be able to have their rights and protections. So do not do that. <laughs> no, embarrass- yes, please, please don't. Because then that's
1: then people who actually needed get yeah. denied at restaurants and such because you're all it's faking
0: yeah. <laughs> and i'm amazed like with that, i mean i guess your training was was really well done because bear is bear is a very well-behaved dog wherever he goes so yeah he's
2: very i like to say that he helps me as much as i help him because he also has social anxiety which yeah, i think is really funny he really, does. Funny. He really um, does. adorable but i kind of i say that because I, it's very true i feel much better when I'm around him even though I know that sometimes taking him to new places like when I travel I'll take him to the airport where there are a lot of people there's a lot of stuff going on and he's definitely really nervous to start doesn't mind the plane at all but the actual airport itself he's really nervous (laughs) and because there's so many people moving around it's loud but it's kind of worth it for both of us because he i know that he feels safe enough because he's with me and then i feel better because the reason like i think he helps me so much is because then i don't focus on myself i focus on the needs of the the other and
1: And he's probably doing the same for you
2: yeah so yeah Yeah, you're
1: in it together that's really nice so cute i can't even (laughs) okay i have to ask What's so he's big I've I've heard the description Mm -hmm. big a few Mm -hmm. times. Camera's nodding her head. Yes. (laughs) What is it like getting a dog that big onto a plane? Because I'm (laughs) six foot two. And I have to be in, like, the fetal position in a plane, so what's it like having a dog like that on a plane?
2: Well, so the whole, like, ESA process on a plane requires, like, a lot of documentation. It requires going through—I I normally fly American Airlines, so it's called their special assistance desk, which is getting the paperwork verified on their end and on, like, the doctor's end who wrote that I it was okay to, for me to have one and then they can make accommodations for you. So with that, I always sit in the bulkhead row because I'm not allowed to sit in exit row or anything like that Mm -hmm. since I couldn't assist in an emergency since I have the dog. So I always sit in bulkhead because there's always extra foot space there. And then it's mostly a lot of questions about how is he going to fit on the plane? And I'm like, (laughs) he's done it. Every time I send send in the paperwork, I always attach a photo to saying like proof that he fits on this plane. But (laughs) it's honestly, he is a big dog he has a lot more fur than he looks like he has so it's about four inches so more so he's, more so than... he's much yeah, more yeah. floofy and he thinks he's a small dog so he yeah. will curl up into a small spot and make it work
1: <laughs> I, like, oh, why? <laughs> why is he not sitting here
0: <laughs> people think that dog
1: is a I'm celebrity so whenever he's
0: walking around I hope he is one day.
2: My goal is to get him enough followers and sponsorships on Instagram that it will pay for his own dog food every
0: month.
1: Wait, does he have an Instagram? He does
2: have an yeah. Instagram. What's his Instagram? Uh, it's Bear the Wooly Mute. Okay.
1: Very is nice. Is it spelled B A uh, B E A R? Yeah. Okay. Very I was nice. about to spell Bear as a B A Y E R. The medication. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Bear, awesome. Yeah. That's, well, that's great. great
0: that you have Bear. Like you didn't even know that you needed Bear. Like Bear was not a, a decision of getting him for being an ESA he just it happened that way in a a really beautiful way yeah and
2: I had dogs and cats growing up and I always loved animals but until like you find that right one that bonds with you like you do not know the connection that you can have with
0: an animal I believe that
1: yeah I had a a puppy when I was growing up from like eight to she passed away when I was about 23 but I like that dog would just you know she'd be afraid of everyone else but like once I walked it like she was my dog that that's that's awesome. So you're you're able to take bear to essentially everywhere, so, right?
0: Not what, everywhere. Where, where can you not take bear? Okay, so
2: ESAs only have two rights. Their right to fly on an airplane and their right to live in no pet housing. A landlord can't tell you no for a lease or they can't charge you any sort of fee for having him there because he's considered you know a prescription this <laughs> sounds very clinical I don't like that but, it's, it's true. Prescription. but unlike service animals which are allowed in any public space yeah. that kind of thing so they don't have that many rights so i'm able to take him and where i have been taking him is when i go to visit my family because we'll be at my family's house they obviously know and love bear so he's allowed to stay with them but he technically doesn't qualify for going to hotels mm. unless they have like a pet like you're allowed to have pets there and then i would have to pay a fee because yeah. that doesn't
3: doesn't, doesn't co- cover yeah cover those yeah. right
2: so yeah i can basically travel with them anywhere it's just in terms of where i end up is where i can keep him mm-hmm. and yeah. take him so yeah i just can't take him to most public spaces which is fine he's a little nervous anyway
3: <laughs>
1: he's probably like oh, I'm, it's okay I'm, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good at home i'm fine, fine. yeah yeah he does love
2: being around me but when it's between being around me and having to be in a space that I don't have to be in, I'll choose the
0: comfort of wherever you want My yeah. dog bed
1: is, is great. Yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> Another thing I want to know is for people who are either just finding out that they might have cancer or like tips and tricks of what what you recommend to kind of, since you didn't know you had it and you didn't really know what to do in that situation, for your mental health, for your physical health, and to kind of keep yourself in check, what do you recommend to do?
2: Yeah, so the doctors are going to tell you what you need to do in terms of your physical health. Mm -hmm. So obviously listen to them, but at the same time, if there's anything that sounds weird or off, feel free to do your own research, talk to people who have done those treatments, and make sure it's the right course for you because Mm -hmm. as we should be knowing, is our doctors work for us, and we can fire them if we don't like them. Yeah. So find a doctor you like, listen to them. They'll tell you what to do for your physical health. And then I would also say go talk to a professional at the same time, a mental health professional, I should say, because you might not realize you need it, mm-hmm. but you might then like realize how valuable it is when you're going through a really hard time in your treatment or even post-treatment. It was so easy for me to get through treatment because I just had these steps that I had to follow, and then everything was going to get better. But I didn't realize that following those steps basically meant shutting off my brain so I didn't deal with the fact that I was going through it and I wish somebody had been there to help me coach through each of those steps individually deal with the scariness that comes up with each of those steps especially surgeries and then the radioactive iodine was scary because I am radioactive then for a couple days so I just spend the first half of a week in isolation so in my bedroom
1: I did not even think
0: about that oh yeah
1: You said radioactive okay. iodine. And I was like, yeah, yes. that's, yeah. That's, a uh-huh. that's, that's a normal a thing. thing just to inject your body. Okay. Whoa. So wow, you weren't allowed to be,
0: around. Yeah.
2: So I oh. couldn't. So I could be around people. I was supposed to maintain six feet away, but I still shouldn't be in the same room with them for any points. Um, I oh, couldn't gosh. be around animals, children, or pregnant women for the full week because they have smaller thyroids that are more susceptible to that radiation because basically the radiation that's coming off of me, the reason other people can't be around me is because it could then irradiate their thyroids and start killing it. And if you have a healthy, perfectly functional thyroid, that's not a great thing to no. have happen to you so yeah I just spent a couple <laughs> of days in isolation and I didn't realize how hard that was until yeah. I was like that's... in the midst of it well Whoa. especially
1: the timing of it I mean it's not Time like it's just change. like oh yeah <laughs> you're just in isolation randomly it's like yeah you just did this procedure now basically don't have any contact with anyone for you've that's said, gotta be days. a double
0: mental health hit
2: yeah and yeah. too like the whole process was scary because like I didn't quite fully understand the whole treatment process as I was going through it. I think I was mostly like, because I cut off what I was feeling towards that I didn't think to do research into it until kind of after the mm-hmm. the effect so like with the radioactive iodine basically what they have you do for that is go to the hospital they come out with this big metal like container that they're holding gloves to touch it and then they'll open it and then they'll put like tongs on the little container that comes out of there. there's like a tiny little tube that has the pills in it they put tongs on it and then they pour the pills into your hand and then they say drink it go home like do not stay in the hospital any longer because in about 30 minutes you're going to be too radioactive to be around anybody Ah.
1: you know it's it's funny because it's it's different but that's kind of how i feel when i'm at the dentist and we're doing (laughs) x-rays it's just like here this is perfectly safe put on this huge jacket that weighs 20 pounds yeah. and I'm gonna go to King uh, to like Timbuktu to push this little button but you're fr- you're fine. fine it's cool fine. this thing's it's right micro. next to your face you're fine yes yeah.
2: so that's funny you mentioned that too because they've actually started adding a flap for your neck too because they think that you might that people might have been getting thyroid cancer because of exposure from the x-rays because Gosh. they don't cover your neck any more
1: reason to hit a dentist that's great. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. well now I know cool. my family
0: has reason to tell me often as you can't get x-rays don't <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's also my
2: dad's doesn't like the airport scanners where you like put your arms up oh i don't do that either no will i refuse. always do a pat he'll, down he'll take the patent. pat down yeah, the you can reason. always
0: have an assist people don't realize i think people just say oh yeah i can just it's, it's quicker it's easy simple first off i've talked to a bunch of people when they see me doing the pat They're like are you okay yeah i just didn't want to go through the radiation oh you can do that yeah takes two extra minutes if you don't mind being patted down i don't so is that
1: the same for the metal detector is it the same kind of
0: i think you still have
2: like you have to go to the through the metal detector you don't no Oh, I thought you did no. but that's the nice thing about going yeah. with Bear is like we don't have to go through that big machine we mm. only go through the metal detector oh that's and, like, awesome alright Bear th- put
1: your arms up <laughs> here we go
2: <laughs> yeah. and I have like a whole process for like just getting through security with him to make sure he doesn't have any metal on him and making sure because if like my dog had to get a pat down inches
1: of fur. Yeah, he
2: wouldn't be he would not be thrilled so yeah. Oh, no <laughs> yeah
1: what are you why are you touching me human <laughs> no. sorry did we cut you off in the middle of your step <laughs> so,
2: no I don't think so that was okay. honestly the biggest the biggest things is like one listen to your doctor but
0: yeah
2: you can uh, you can fire them if they're not yeah. great for you but just talk to somebody too and maybe yeah. you don't have to talk to a professional but try to talk to somebody who can kind of coach you through those steps the biggest thing i think in retrospect that got me was my doctor was a terrible they had terrible bedside manner Ooh. in the sense of we got to the follow up appointment for my first surgery and that's when i found out i had cancer And at this point, we have no indication that it is cancer. We basically ruled it out through the biopsy. What did they think it was? um, That herthal cell lesion. So they thought it was just that. But, you know, we just thought we were going to go routine checkup make sure they take off like the thing that goes over your scar yeah. you know make sure it's healing right no infection and so it was just a routine appointment after surgery and then he's like so it was cancer and here we go <sighs> and i'm like that is not how you tell whiplash. somebody no no like you, you need to prepare them for it be yeah. like okay well you know we got the results back we actually have some unexpected nudes like anything any sort
3: you of gotta, lead you gotta lead you gotta guidance, like, wait into like, it that is like, like, like your, like, you got your, your cancer. classic Bye.
1: hollywood terrible doctor kind of yeah. thing is just like okay so it was cancer uh, yeah. sorry what <laughs> Yeah,
2: and the no thing way. that like gets me too is people will still say this but my doctor said it at the time which blew my mind and I was already in shock was he's like well if, if my kids had to have cancer like any kind of cancer this is the kind I'd like them to have so what? one I feel like that was just awful to say yeah. but two everyone likes to say that this is the good cancer because there is as long as you get it before like stage 3 or 4 there is a 90 to 100% treatment success rate and rate, success yeah. rate yeah. they always say it's the good cancer and it's like it's still cancer it's, it does yeah. not it's matter you either yeah, way yeah also
1: I'm blanking on but just, like don't belittle what I'm going through no yes. you know, that's that's, hor- that's horrible that's horrible that is really it's like terrible bedside manner. how does it i guess yeah. well, you
0: learned what they should not, not, not be doing yeah <laughs> exactly yeah so <laughs> what to look out for for yeah. people and then what if, what should people look out for because you you had something that you didn't even realize was going on is there anything to look out for yeah
2: so if you don't know where your thyroid is if you can kind of locate your adam's apple it's a little butterfly shaped organ on top of that touch it and check that area because you'll yeah. be able to notice if something is raised in a way it's not supposed to be mm-hmm. think about when you have like a sore throat and you feel like your glands up in your like the bottom of your face top of your neck you can feel when they're inflamed you can feel when one is like poking out a little bit more it feels the same way but if it's down lower like that it's probably not a lymph node it's something else wow so check your neck check your (laughs) neck yes
1: check your neck and everyone else like know know your body and, and know if something changes and get it checked out. You if check you're, check you know, your body, check
0: your mind, and especially check your mind when you're going through a physical situation like yes. that. Because just because you get the tumor removed or get something removed doesn't mean that you're going to just come out yeah. all high and mighty afterward.
1: Yeah, it's not so bad to know your body, check it. And if you're not sure, go and have somebody else go have a professional check it. Yeah. And the best thing they'll do, which probably 90% is just, it's fine. Yeah, yeah it's and also
2: saying. like if you're still worried about it, they give you the all clear. Go get a second opinion. Yeah. Yeah, Go get a third absolutely. opinion. You're you're warranted to that. You don't have yeah. to just
0: listen to the first one. If exactly. you have that feeling, something is wrong.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely, they're they're working for you, and they you know you yeah. want to make sure.
0: Thank you so much for coming on today. Actually, yes, thanks we for having really me. We really appreciate you telling your story and hearing about the radioactive iodine. Oh gosh, yes. that was <laughs> that was intense. In the, I don't know
1: how we got that far into the conversation. <laughs> yeah. and we just realized like, oh yeah, it's radioactive. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you so much. We really yeah, appreciate this. Yeah, but if it. you want to talk
0: a little bit more about what you're doing at the Mighty and kind of what to promote for them and what you're doing right now. Um, yeah, so
2: I am video the producer there. So I do all things video. We're doing a couple of campaigns that if you go onto the mighty you can kind of see those campaigns in november we're doing Um, we're doing a campaign for november called it's okay man having men talk about their their mental health a little bit more but we have a couple of cool things coming up throughout the holidays and further on so just check the site and
0: yeah Mighty, um, all things health and yeah. mental health and disabilities—they're great. <laughs> you want to give any of what's going on with you or social media handles for you or, um, or Bear? Sure, sure. <laughs> so yeah, you're welcome to follow Bear, Bear the Woolamute. You don't have
3: to. You don't have to give yours TV. if you don't want. Yeah. Bears, is perfectly Bear, Bears fine. can be yours. <laughs>
2: I think my Insta is actually linked on his, but I have my personal one, which is just Ashley underscore Kristoff. I also have one that I do a little bit more for like modeling and that kind of like photography stuff, which is Azure Ash, like the word, the color Azure A-Z-U-R-E. Yeah. It's similar to
1: the, I worked for a nonprofit called Azure Lorica. I was like, I actually know how to spell that word. Nice. <laughs> it's my favorite color
2: and it's one of my favorite words. So yeah, like I need to really incorporate cool this into whatever my personal professional yeah, stuff has is your going name to be. In it
1: too. Yeah. That's awesome. So, Azure is a really cool word. Yeah, I also Azure. really like the word echo. I don't know why. It's just a that's cool a good word. word. It's, a, it's a good word. It's a good word. It's
2: a good word. We all have the words. Yeah. Yeah. And also I have a Facebook page that's also
0: Azure Ash as well. So. Azure Ash. Wonderful. Ooh, very nice. All right, I'm Camera Rowan. You can find me at Camouflage on Instagram. Yes, yes,
1: you can find me on in the Insta, Twitter, Facebook, all that good stuff at Epsec. E P S E C H. Also, you can follow Mentality, Mentality. on Instagram and Twitter at Mentality Talk. You can also email us at. WMentalityTalk <laughs> at gmail.com. Yep. I'm getting all of those things. Please do. Mixed we want
0: to like continue these conversations. And if you have any questions for Ashley or the Mighty, you can email my us dog. We'll, the dog, <laughs> yes. We all Please have questions send about Bear. Emails about so we forward <laughs> them. We will answer them. Maybe the we'll talk about them.
1: The more I can ask for pictures of Bear, the better it's, <laughs> it would be amazing. <laughs>